Hello guys and welcome to the Dark Spotlight podcast again. Today we have a special guest Kiran Patel and I'm really grateful to have him on the Dark Spotlight podcast. Next up, Kiran Patel. Hey guys, um thank you all of you for tuning in to listen. And uh yeah, that's me. Um I'm a London-based photographer and I shoot everything from lifestyle to portraits, travel and commercial work. I've been very lucky to travel all around the world doing what I love working for different clients abroad everywhere but um but yeah I'm just just here to talk with my friend Himanil and just share my story right so guys you should definitely check out his instagram page you know whenever i am seeing his instagram page he's always traveling around the world oh yeah <laughs> like honestly the reality of instagram is it makes everything seem so much easier than reality like the reality right. for me is like everyone sees different places different clients like there is miles miles and miles of planning and preparation that goes into it like all of this kind of stuff is not cheap to do so right. like when you travel to different places and you like when you you put yourself in an uncom- uncomfortable situation and doing something you haven't done in a place you haven't been before trying to get like a work outcome so it's very <laughs> I don't know how to I understand I understand I understand totally because because you know you don't get to see the behind the scenes you you know all no, the followers yeah. are always seeing the models the the location yeah. 100% you you see you see in a sense like a filtered outcome of what people want you to see right. you don't see like logistics and oh shit like we got to get this plane oh. or we got to get this uber and this cost that much and you just see outcome 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 but it's it. it's very harsh reality behind it right so yeah. i think i think we are going to explore all these realities to all our listeners now of course of course right so yeah. guys before before we begin i would like to give you a quick disclaimer you know we are still young isn't it kiran yeah we are still yeah, young 100% right we're we're not we're not expert leaders in any of these topics this is just like our personal opinion of like how far we've come exactly and we just want to share the energy the hustle and the hard realities of the whole process with all of you here yeah i mean if we voice our opinions of the different backgrounds we have surely it will help someone somewhere of our experiences and i know personally exactly. there's so many relatable creatives that could relate to this kind of content so we just exactly. thought we'd share it with everyone exactly and you know over a week uh, we have been posting on our instagram for uh for people you to ask questions and we have received so much questions that we oh, had yeah. to filter a lot of questions because we cannot oh, yeah. cover each and every one of them for this podcast yeah we we got i got like a, a ton cuz i never did ask me a question on my on my my instagram the kiran visuals account right. it's like like people came out of nowhere asking so many questions so if we don't get all of them answered i do right. apologize but we hope to follow up soon though right So Kiran can you walk us through your journey from being a student to establishing the network you have built in London and around the world Ah so my story is it's quite an interesting one because I didn't actually study photography photography at all so I studied uh computing slash okay. computer science at University of Greenwich and then from there like I always had a passion for photography but it wasn't as you see it now it was more landscape photography right so and, when um, did you get your first camera like when did you start oh, liking photography i think that must have been at least at least 6 6 years ago i think it was a canon 
350D. It was like very, very small. Like it was literally, it just, it was capable enough of taking pictures. And I never touched any other settings on there. I just knew (laughs) automatic mode and it was crazy. Right. And um, for me, I, I, I pretty much self-taught myself on that thing through YouTube. Now, it's crazy to think, but YouTube was the most powerful tool for me. Like, I learned every button on that camera, how it does, what it does, the way it does it, the outcome you get, trial and error, try it with a tripod, try it with... Like, I couldn't... I didn't want to spend money on different lenses. I didn't want to... Like, because it was more of a hobby, I don't, you wouldn't want to spend crazy money. And, like, if you look at the market, photography equipment is an actual robbery on pricing. It's like, I don't know if the industry caught on that photographers could make X, Y, and Z amount, and they charge crazy prices for lens lenses. But it's, I don't know, it's one thing for me that it gave me peace in a sense. Because no matter what I'd have going on, you could always grab your camera, grab your tripod, to be right. just going around London, just taking pictures. There was like a peaceful element to it for me. Like there was no commercial. It was just literally something that gave right. me happiness. So uh, tell us more about how did you transition into photography? How was your life as a student in school? Ah, so my, my after I graduated um, from University of Greenwich, I got one job and okay. it was like a pure IT job. And... It wasn't something that I really wanted to do. I had like a terrible, terrible boss. Like he was like this kind of controlling kind of guy. Like he would turn up in his Bentley and throw his keys at the secretary and walk around the office and make everyone feel like absolute shit. And I was like, wow, this is a terrible work environment. Like, and I didn't know, like I, I was there with a lot of energy. I was like, let's me do this. Let's make this better, let's make that better. And I actually got fired from that job and it was one of the happiest days of my life because I always wanted to get out of that place and I was there for not wow. a big amount of time. Like okay. it, it, was a, it was the happiest day because I took all of that money and I invested it into a lens that I really always wanted, which is like the Canon 50mm 1.2. Right. If there's any camera nerds out there, they would understand. But um, I transitioned from then. I was like, okay, let me just take everything that I've earned, invest it back in myself. And I think for me, the big thing is, is creative see it as a hobby when I was seeing like, okay, I see it as a hobby, but how do you take it to the money-making level of of this hobby? Because everyone's willing to go and shoot for free. You have to have some respect for yourself if you're like, okay, I want to go and do something and I want to get paid for it. Right. So I I was figuring all of that out after I got that job and I got fired and I was in this kind of limbo kind of state where I was like, Okay, I love I like photography and I've been doing it for a set amount of years and right. I kind of established a small network through Instagram. I would say it's a very powerful tool for me. Right. So Kiran, how did you deal with, you know, parents' expectations? You know, a lot of parents they want their kids to go into a reputed, you know, uh, workplace and even if they're fired then they tell them to go to another workplace and try giving interviews. Uh, so how did you deal with all uh, that? Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I I tried hard to get a proper IT job because while I was in my final year at University of Greenwich, I was working for uh, Barclays as like a student data financial analyst. Right. And I worked for them and had my Barclays mentor and he was with me like, you should do this, you should do that. He said, look, there's 24,000 people applying for this job. 
And at the end of this, I thought, okay, I can get a job. I can work like in Canary Wharf, which is like the financial capital of London. And by the end of it, I didn't actually get the job. So that left me in a weird state. And I was thinking, okay, I I, I was hoping to impress my parents. Hey, look, I get a job at this place. And it didn't work out. And then I got this job after and it didn't work out either. So I was like, obviously having brown parents, my parents are super chill. Like they, there was no avid pressure for me to do X, Y, and Z to make them happy though. I didn't feel like underlying pressure from them to do something and get the outcome they wanted. They wanted me to be happy and they, they didn't mind any method that I chose to go down to find that happiness. Right. You know, in uh, in India, since I'm living here, I'm facing yeah. a lot of questions. And one of them, and very, it's very common in India, you know, yeah. parents always expect a lot from their kids. Oh, yeah. Because oh, the parents yeah. also have their own uh, respect. They, they think the, the, the respect is totally dependent on their kid's career. What he, whatever he chooses, they get more respect. Of course. I mean, like, you, you, must, you must feel these pressures nearly on a daily basis like you get a check-in from your mom or dad or family like how's it going like you have those family members that right. check in just to see how how you're doing and exactly it, it's you feel the underlying pressure because the culture is obviously still being brown right but being in the uk it's still with like a indian family background there is still those pressures there but i feel more so in india it's more so this is the way things are and they're not going to change. And it's psychological pressure that's on the person to, 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 to get to where you want to go. In reality, right. if, if things don't work out and you don't actually get where you want to go, what do you do? Like, there's everyone around you telling you you need to do this, you need to do that, and right. you didn't get there, things didn't work out. You have to, you have to adapt to the situation, right? Like, yeah, like sometimes you have, you have to adapt, but sometimes I think you need to go all in with the thing which you love. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a big gamble, very, right? Very big gamble. Exactly. But it for for my industry, essentially, like content creation, photography, all these other bits and bobs I do with social media. It's it's a very competitive, savage place to be right now because everyone's given the title photographer like it's nothing like all of a sudden everyone's just oh i got a new camera i'm a photographer like there's no respect around that title because it's given away so easily right the photography industry has suddenly boomed like in the past 10 years of course everyone's getting smartphones they're getting better right i'm not sure if you've seen like the huawei oh yes 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 yes. my gosh that thing's a monster like (laughs) i tried that the other day the it's one with serious, the 10x zoom camera. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got the, the one that's got the Leica, the Leica lens on it. Yeah. But, I mean, look, as it is. Yeah, the technology, I, the technology yeah. today is, I think, much more accessible than it was before. Of course, of course. And, and with that, I definitely think social media has put a lot of pressure on people to step up their level of content they're putting out. Like, right. you can just take pictures with your iPhone or Android. But you can also take pictures with your DSLR and then you create this kind of feed, this vibe, this content that you're giving out and people will understand when they see this content from you, it's always like a high quality. There's like almost like a, 
Oh, I don't know how to yeah, say I, I get it. It's like an unconscious pressure which you are getting yeah. from your followers. Like, yeah. you have to, like, if someone is just posting a picture, uh, maybe yeah. with a coconut in their hand, they'll, they'll think yeah. a million times in their mind that, will this one get more likes than before or not? Yeah, like, I think the, the background behind people thinking about content so much, I myself might definitely be guilty for this. Like, you, you take, say, for my Instagram, Kieran Visuals, you see one picture. That right. just goes up. And it, for me, in my eyes, that's everything that I'd want it to be. But there might be 70 pictures or 80 pictures behind it, all looking identically the same. But the, the back thought behind it is trying to get all these different things to align in my right. head when reality, I don't think like we should be wasting this much time on curating these kind of things. And I, I, de I definitely think the social pressures, that's right. another whole topic altogether with the social pressures of that. Definitely. But yeah, so I, I think I think people are spending more time on these topics. Right. But it, there it are depends. there are a lot of questions like that, like those which I got on my Instagram while doing the, yeah. the poll on Instagram. So, you know, I've not put all the questions as I told before, but all these yeah. questions will actually be discussed in a different podcast because yeah, yeah, yeah. we need to give more time to it. It cannot be explained in, in a matter of five minutes or 10 minutes. Mm. That there's you could talk if you took the subject of social pressures right that you're gaining right now that that, that could be a, like an hour podcast by itself of course but, um but yeah so what what kind of questions did you get in at the moment like from your right. from your instagram so, poll? uh i got some many interesting questions actually yeah. So the first question for you would be, how did you get to join a company that allows you to travel? Ah, so this one was, I didn't actually intend for it to be a travel based kind of job. It just literally came around where I was working at a startup and it just so happened that travel came around. Like it, it didn't see, it wasn't something I expected. I didn't join a company that traveled. Like we were just basically a London based company and we decided to do different things in different countries like New York and LA and Morocco and these, these kind of different trips. Oh, and Spain as well. That was crazy. But like there was, I could talk for years about that kind of adventures that I've had, but the, to answer the question, I didn't join a company that traveled everywhere. It was just a London-based company and the opportunity came around and it took me like unsuspectedly that, okay, now we're going to do this and we're going to fly here and we're going to go there. And the mindset I had to build around that was very, I guess, in sense, building for me because say you, you're good at what you do, but then right. you go to another place and you have to be the best at what you do all the time on point. It's like not the reality of what people think of, oh, look, now you're on holiday doing what you do. It's not a holiday. Like when you go to these places, it's completely work, 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 work. And then, okay, you get a moment, like, oh, take a nice picture and you see it on Instagram and all of a sudden the people think that you're there chilling. Like, right, <laughs> a lot of people do think that, that, okay, yeah. this guy's uh, on a vacation and he's enjoying yeah. a good, uh, you know, a drink near the beach, <laughs> yeah. in a resort or something like of that. Of course. Exactly. I mean, the reality is like you keeping camera batteries charged on you, making sure your SD card's always backed up and you're fulfilling what the client wants. Because all the time, like these situations, like I guess the most recent trip was Morocco, like where we go to these places and they blow your mind. Everything in the destination is there to distract you, but you have to stay 
completely focused on the job at hand. Right. Like I've had many other friends as well that that do the same thing. Like one of them like travels to Africa and right. did the same kind of project. But it's so easy to get like sidetracked. And then the the people outside of that bubble that don't understand what's happening, they see it all as a holiday. They see it all as a pleasure trip. They see it all as, in a sense, it doesn't make it look like you're working because you hide all these kind of things. You don't show, like when we went to Spain, we went right. there with um, a big camera rig, like a DJI Ronin, and the, the we get to the airport, the guy's like, okay, empty out every single nut, bolt, and thing into the conveyor belt, and all of the stuff falls on the floor, and you shit. get it through, and one pole's gone missing. It's like a carbon fiber rod, and then we get to Spain, and we're like, oh, shit, we've lost the rod. Like, how do we buy it here? And then figuring out camera shops in a place we've never been before. It's like these right. kind of things are not shown the reality of like the madness that goes on behind like losing a part or like getting somewhere right. in a place you've never been I, I definitely think it's character building and like definitely building myself as well for these situations that right so basically it's, it's it's like a movie like a movie is it's, it's just for two hours but in order to get that two hours yeah. you have to shoot for a whole year sometimes oh yeah there are so many movies which have been shot for almost three or four years for sure like i mean lucky enough i was recent i recently went to um to india in january right. to film a documentary movie with one of my good friends okay and um that was my first time going to india and that was my first time being like on essentially production of seeing something like that you see the hours and hours and hours and hours that go into like making right content but you see the final results a lot smaller condensed edited published like it's all polished like especially for me on photo shoots i'm very meticulous i'm a very very meticulous person like i want everything if something doesn't look right in camera i fix it in camera preferable than fi fixing it in post like I, I prefer to get like the perfect image out of camera right. whereas some people like they're like oh it's okay we'll cut this out we'll photoshop this we'll photoshop that we'll cut and edit this I'd prefer to get things in camera the first time. And that, that reality doesn't always happen until multiple attempts. Right. But so yeah. You basically I mean, want the original to be the best instead of. Yeah. I, yeah. Like when I, when I take a picture for me, like I want everything to be like nice and straight and good. Uh, I've forgotten the word composition, good composition and exposure settings, everything. So if I took that picture out, I could just very minimal editing, like the word editing itself. Right as well mm -hmm. it's got very out of control because when people say editing they're like they think all sorts of things like facial smoothing and cropping out whole buildings editing right. doesn't mean that for me right that's very that's minimal. like totally good to hear that there's yeah. there's a lot actually which is going behind the scenes than the final yeah. output yeah the the, right. the behind the scenes is the biggest part like i've had clients reach out to me recently to literally come and shoot the behind the scenes of their video production because the behind the scenes now in all honesty is more important than the actual result because no one actually cares if you say i'm going to i'm going to say toronto and i'm doing this and i'm doing that they care more about the hype and the build-up and the prep like marketing everything today is focused on the build-up the prep the right. behind the scenes like if you just mm -hmm. say oh, i'm in toronto it's like oh, okay no one cares now like <laughs> there's no build-up it's just yes. outcome it's no, there's no hype, there's no nothing. There's no like, oh, guys, count down to this, count down to that. And then it's like plain pictures, where are you going? Like, if you just say, okay, I'm in Toronto, it's like that. that. It's, it's always been like that. Yeah. It's always been like that. Yeah. Like, 
if you see you know boat running and then he's winning the race everybody yeah. claps but you need to make sure you need to understand yeah. that he has been doing practice for years to yeah. achieve that yeah you see the final like, the final race and this is a good example of what instagram does you see content come out and it's just the end result there's no editing or re-editing or getting someone's opinion or getting different multiple opinions on the edit and what do you think of this and what do you think of that and someone says it's crap and another one says i really like it and you just see finished result right there there is no process behind it and i think that's one thing i definitely feel instagram isn't the platform at most to share like professional images because i mean right. it is just portrait but you see right. no you see I, no behind I, the scenes yeah but i think people need to understand that if they are starting in this field or any other field as well they need to make sure that they should not want it all right in the first shot itself. Yeah, yeah that, that's very true. For me, like, my mindset now of where I was before and now is completely different. Like, I was happy to do things and then fix them after, whereas understanding the process of what you want and where you want to go is a big thing, very right. big thing. And it always humbles me to look back. Like, sometimes I go out in London right. and I take landscape pictures i do a thing called long exposure because it humbles me back to a point where i know that at that one point when i was at the ability to take those pictures that's all i knew i didn't know right. how to take any other amazing pictures and everything that i learned from that one point is a bonus on top of that right it's understanding your journey like being humbled by it but it's also knowing that where you want to go isn't going to happen really quick Hundred percent. If you're if you're always seeing people that are at the place where you want to be, aspire to that, but don't think that's going to happen overnight. Like, right, that's true. So coming up to the next question, this is an interesting one, and yeah. our most of our listeners might be into this situation. So the question says that how do I get rid of being lazy all the time? Um, for me, for me, it's a variety of different things. Like your sleep is a big, big thing. You need a good night's sleep and then you wake up and then it's what you do in that, that first hour that defines everything. Like, it really is true. Like if you wake up and you have like a fruit smoothie and you know what you want to do in the day. Like sometimes I make a pre-list of what I want to get done the next day, right? like at night time. So like I make a quick iPhone reminders. I'm like, got to do this, 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 and this. And remind me in the morning. So as soon as I wake up, I'm like, oh shit, I got to do this. I got to do that. I right. Do so that. basically you plan all your tasks ahead of the day. I, I kind of put myself in a situation where I feel pressure on myself. Like being in a sense self-employed, I know that I have to push myself more than any anyone else. There is no someone above me that's going to define me or give me like disciplinary. I have to be on it all the time. Like I have exactly. to, I you have can't to take the accountability of yourself. Yeah. I take, I take the accountability to say, look, I need to do this, this, and this. But if you're feeling lazy, right. I think definitely change. Well, I think in a sense, start making lists of things that you need to get done for the next day. And if there's nothing on that list, then you just need to redefine what, what you really want out of the day. Like, what are you doing? What, do you want to progress? What do you want to learn? What do you want to get better at? Like, there's always stuff to do. Like, <laughs> I yeah, I understand, but you know, there are a lot of people, uh, you know, who use their phone just before yeah. the bed and they end up sleeping so late and then waking up again, they're waking up really late. Yeah. And then once they wake up, they again, they touch their phone, they start chatting. And yeah. I think this is where they lose all their energy. Yeah, 
I think, you know, what you're exposed to right before you sleep and right as you wake up defines how the whole damn day is going to go. Like, exactly. So basically, you're giving access to you're giving access yeah. to hundreds of people just yeah. before you begin your day. If, if these social platforms didn't exist, you wouldn't allow someone to take your time like. Right. On, on, a, on a will like that, just literally take your time. I mean, I mean, I myself, I'm really bad at responding at WhatsApps. So I'm like, if I'm focused on something and then I try and do something else, like, even you know with me, like, if I text text you or you text me, it's like a little bit of transition process to get a text back. But yes, yes, I I, I know um, that if I expose myself to all of these things, my rest of the day is going to be like that if I don't have self-control. And I think self-control for all of us, whether you admit important. it or not, is getting is getting very out of control right now with all of the, these medias coming out. Self control is becoming a very hard thing to right. gauge and understand. Right, I think people are being influenced by a lot of people, other people on um, Instagram yeah. or Facebook or even WhatsApp. So yeah, you know, social media can be used in a really good way. Oh yeah. But oh, yeah. sometimes you just people just get lost into the social media, into the oh, yeah. into the final results, and then being famous oh, or putting up a lot of content, which is not even needed at the first. I place. mean, the terrible word that is today the influencer. It's I mean, what what even is that? Like, ah, yes, <laughs> what kind of like what kind of grades did you need to get that that job? But it's it's not like it's in it's an invented reality of what all of us want to see. That's the harsh reality of it. It's something that all of us think that we can aspire to, and it's a person taking advantage of right. that social attraction right now. That's what I would say an influencer is. It's right. someone that recently, knows when when Instagram and things. Facebook, Instagram and Facebook, when they went down, I was just yeah. thinking how many people would be insecure <laughs> about their oh, yeah. career as influencers. I mean, if you if you put it down to validity, people right. people are screaming for validity at the moment, and that's why these job entity of an influencer is very successful at the moment because people it's almost marketing as well thrown in there it's a bit of marketing it's a bit of imagery and then on top of all of that they're consistently posting consistently consistently so you're brainwashed into it it's like oh so and so is posting oh look now they're here now they're there now they're there and now subliminally if you've got like if you followed like influencers that have brand deals behind them they might chuck an item in there and then you feel like oh they're using this they're going there they're going there it, it is a terrible thing because there are friends that i have that have, like purchase things through these influencers and it's it's more of an invented role of what people want right now and there's people taking advantage of it i i personally right. feel i get it so i mean there are there are good people there are good influencers like instagram can be used for good like social platforms can be used for amazing causes Exactly. And they're all good, good, like... Totally believe that. Yeah. They're, I mean, like, if, if it wasn't an advert coming on TV, mm-hmm. and you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't criticize that as much, but then you'd criticize an influencer, like, in the influencer's defense. They're just taking care of a situation. They're taking... Opportun- there's opportunity right now to use this market, and that's, that's what they're doing. Right. So our next question is uh, for you, which says, how do you stay focused when your goals aren't going as planned? Um, that's a tricky one. Um, did you were you ever in situations where your goals weren't going as planned? Yeah. Or you I've always had anything in place? I've I've never had, in a sense, my stuff. I've never had my 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 
things together in a sense. Okay. Like for, for me, if things aren't going my way, I do a very harsh reevaluation of myself, of what I want and what what I want to do and where I want to go and why things. Right. Aren't going I, I think that it's way. it's necessary. It's yeah. It's it's, it's accountability as well. It's right. so easy to point the finger and say, "Oh, things aren't going away because of that and that and that and that and that and that." But then you say, "Like, okay, what can I really do to try and fix the situation?" Right. If you say your goals aren't going your way, or things aren't going your way, that there's just a billion meanings behind that. That could be you could be waiting for a result from someone, or you might not be looking for more opportunities. Right. I think that question is so hard to answer. But it's just, me, I it's just, just I think it's just the change of perspective. Like yeah. a lot of people, when they have to buy something, they'll be like, oh my God, it's too costly. I, I cannot afford it. Yeah. And they just leave yeah. it. But if they think, they how can I afford it? Then yeah, it changes it the whole perspective. Goal. Exactly. Of course. But I, I honestly feel determination and consistency will get you anything you want. Right. If you feel your goal isn't going your way right now, then that doesn't mean it's not going to go your way forever. You just have to stay hopeful, consistent, at what you're doing to get what you want. Right. Yes, some things, like, if they're so far, like, far out, that's a different case if you set your goal to something that's, like, Im- literally impossible. But it, most people have achievable goals, and they just lose focus of that, and they fall down. Right. But you have to stay consistent. You have to, you have to set yourself reminders of knowing that whatever you want, you're going to get. Like, positivity is a big, big thing for me and in my work and my mindset. Like, I have to know that, I have to stay happy and focused at what I want. I, and I don't have to seek approval from anyone but myself. That's a very big thing. If you're looking for someone else to say, yes, good, very good. It's not going to go well. Because, yes, exactly. Because eventually one of those persons might say, actually, no, it's kind of, this, this is rubbish. Like, I don't like this. And then, then, then your confidence takes a hit. Your ego takes a hit. If you just rely on yourself to make yourself happy, then you'll never not be happy. Exactly. And I think it's, 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 there's a, never a situation when your goals are, you know, completely you know, yeah. with you, are completely aligned with you. Sometimes yeah. things do fuck up. Sometimes of you need to I mean, adapt to the situations. It's and it's good to deep, go through the hard times. Yeah. I mean, it's a very deep and sensitive topic. And most people will interpret it in, in all different ways. And like, from my advice, doesn't work for everyone. But what right. I say doesn't go and work for everyone. But in some in some ways, in a weird way, I feel like if you feel down and you feel at a down point, you should know that like that situation that you're in won't be like that forever. Right. Like it, it can't be. It physically can't be. Like you can't always be in a bad situation forever. Things change all the time. Like time's ticking. Like exactly. I think you have to do a reiteration on your work. Of course, of course. And um, I'm not sure if I answered that question the best, but. I think that was my opinion on it because right. it's such a big question. <laughs> yeah, we we'll definitely need a separate a big... episode for, yeah. the, for that whole deep, thing. That's a deep question. It's a deep question. But, I mean, look, we're all human. We're all trying to do things. doesn't matter what industry you're in. You can all relate to having goals and not achieving them. But it's also your own way of right. understanding where you're going and how much you're willing to keep going for it. It's a good time to question yourself as well. If you're losing hope, then it's a good time to question yourself and refocus your your like your mindset on what you want. Hundred percent, hundred percent. So our next question is for both of us, which says sure. how to work smart along with hard work. Oh I my think gosh. I, 
I, I think it's uh, I think it's all about finding the balance. Yeah. Uh, by working smarter and you know working hard, it's not always the the one like maybe you're being just smart or maybe you're just putting yeah. the hard work. It has to be a good yeah. balance of both things and. You need to explore tools and learn from people who have been in in in, in the industry for quite Most some time. Most definitely. Exactly. Most definitely. So, like, like following up from what you're saying about working smarter, like for right. me, in the the creative slash photography content creator industry. Working right. smarter is a very hard sentence. Like in a sense, most people that I know that are photographers, they'll they'll run out and they'll go and shoot whatever they want for free because they they see it as gaining, um, making networking, building contacts, and yes, that's that's that is brilliant. But right. doing that forever won't help you get to where you want to go to. Like you have to have a, a plan. In a sense exactly. of knowing that, okay, if I if I if I I want to shoot for, for example, um, Justin Timberlake, I say, okay, I want to shoot for Justin Timberlake. How do I do it? Okay, I've got a contact in there, and I have to go and impress him with one free photo shoot. And somehow a miracle happens. I get a free photo shoot, and Justin Timberlake was like, okay, I'll go and do it. Right. Then I'm not gonna forever be shooting Justin Timberlake for free, right? I have to some at some point I have to say, okay, I need to make invoices, have a contract. Course. have like a have like an end goal i want to be paid for this i want to have a long-term goal most people in my industry they just think about the first part is just okay we'll shoot and then what like some people haven't been they haven't had a bad situation happen to them yet so they haven't don't know the need for things like contracts and setting up things and you have to essentially work in a way for me smarter is in the sense of knowing long term right. knowing that if i do something i'm going to get an outcome that will either lead to building a network that will lead to money or creating a situation that will help me build more from that. Right. Money is a big thing as well, especially when you say work smarter, especially in the creative industry, because the way that we're treated isn't with utmost respect. It's with, I, I feel like creatives are put in like this cattle herd it's like oh we'll get someone for cheap or like there's no there's absolutely no respect given to the the title photographer videographer like right. even graphic designers i've seen my friends have been poorly poorly treated and and you have to you have to filter through all of this shit of what people right. think of you and say okay let me find who my target market is and how am i going to work smarter to get there like i talk with my friend who's a graphic designer nearly once a week about ways that we can get better we can target new audiences ways that i can do less and get more from my content i can do one photo shoot and get so much content and keep that working for me instead of me going out there and shooting more like i i would do six outfits in one shoot preferably over in just one and then i'll have six pieces of content roll it out have my right. target market and i work smarter accordingly Right. But, I think people people are actually thinking creative industry as as a desk job where you, you yeah, just have to put the you know details like uh, data entry jobs, but it's not really like that. You need no. a mindset, a creative mindset no. for that. Exactly. I mean, you catch me running all over London, every single part, all over London, outside and beyond. Like I know that if I'm going somewhere, it has to be for a good outcome because you're giving your time and your energy. You can't waste it. Right. You absolutely cannot. Like if, if I know that I've got to go and shoot in West London, I have to get there, whether it's a train fare or an Uber fare, then I get right. there and I know that I have to have a deposit or a contract to know that the client's not going to mess me up. 
things right. that I know that are in place that will that will result in me not wasting my time. That if I even if I get there and they're like, no, they're like, cool, there's a contract. It's like you've got no choice. Right. You, you have to you have to know that there's a a smart backup in a way that will save right. you time and get mm. you progression. Of course. So our next question is for you, which says, how do you stay focused as a freelancer? I'm not sure what, what does he mean about staying focused as a freelancer? Maybe because you have a lot of gigs coming up, maybe a lot of I different think, contracts as well. I think um, for me recently, I, I've this has been a very powerful week because I got to shoot for uh, a big British newspaper. And that was a very big thing for me. And right. Honestly and truthfully, up until that moment, I kind of doubted myself. I was in a very bad spot. I was like, oh, okay, things aren't going the way I want them to go. Right. And I need to do something about it. Right. They but call it as what, imposter syndrome, where you think you self-doubt. Yeah, yeah like you've built this image for yourself, but things aren't going the way they are going for you. But externally, people see things as amazing. They see it right. as, wow, they see it as you're doing this, you're doing that. Just to reiterate, what was your question again? Just so I refocus it. Yeah, so it says, how do you stay focused as a freelancer? Okay, so how do I stay focused? So honestly, that is a million dollar question because that comes from different things, different inspirations. I think for me, like if I have a certain set of photographers that I really like and I know they're doing certain things, I'm not in a sense disheartened by that but I'm also I'm, I'm inspired by it because I know that if someone's doing something else I know the impossible isn't impossible right you can go and do things that there's always a way yeah there's always a way there's always a way you you think that it's not possible but it, it giving seeing other people do things that I haven't done I love that that's the best thing ever like for me for getting inspired by people that are doing things or done things that I haven't done I I'm just so happy to learn like all I want to do I get my pen and paper I call people up talk to them learn from learn from people of getting to a place of where I want to go learn from there and then deploying my own strategy to get there because what works for someone else does not always work for you and right. I learned that the very hard way <laughs> but staying focused is I think it's a strategical question because right. that comes from that comes from you like only you would know how to do that. Like I couldn't tell you exactly how, but right. you know what mechanisms distract you. You know what mechanisms keep you off topic and you just know how you have to keep them away. You know, if your phone's going to keep blowing up, there's notifications, you need to, okay, take some time away. Right. Focus on what you want. Just figure out what's distracting you and just take that away. That's it. Mm -hmm. So can we move to our next question? Sure, sure. Yeah, so our next question is, how do you create a unique perspective in your style of work? Ah, mm, for me, you actually have a unique perspective because I think you have a lot of different clients who have yeah. different, uh, you know, requirements. Oh, yeah. So how do you maintain a unique perspective? One thing for me, it's very nerdy, is I love the 50 millimeter lens. Like, I love that lens. The focal length, it creates, like, all of my imagery on my my website, my portfolio, and all of my medias, they all have a thing called bokeh. So bokeh is background blur. So it's, yes, the circles. it could be very harsh, or it could be very smooth, or it could be very creamy in a sense of the way there's a subject in frame. Right. And then the way the background is very harshly blurred out, 
or it's very smoothly burred out. Like for me, that I love bokeh in all of my work and image, my all of my imagery, and to keep consistency, I always, no matter what the client is, I always somehow have some bokeh in there. And if I see consistent bokeh, that's I could definitely say that's that's my unique perspective. There's the right amount for me, and I I find a way. I don't even know how, but I find a way to put this into whatever I'm shooting. If it's automotive or it's food lifestyle or event there's always that element that's in my work right but yeah that's that's how i'd answer that it's the 50 millimeter perspective to create the bokeh right i get it so yeah. our no next question is for both of us uh, which is how do you know what you're doing is right or not right and when to stay or move on oh wow that is a very deep one how would you answer that I think I think you uh, you can't be so certain about doing something which is definitely right. Maybe it looks right, but it's not right. So you have to choose one. You have to take the hard choice and stand up to your decision because you will never know the alternative. Of course, that's yeah. That's what I feel because see, either either you get success or either you get a learning, and you can use that learning so that you don't deviate again. Mm. I would definitely strongly agree with you in a sense that, oh man, this is a very tough one. Can you repeat it for me again? Yeah, so it says that, how do you know what you're doing is right or not right? Okay, so how do I know if what I'm doing is right or not right? Exactly, me, and when do you know when, when to stay and when to move on? Okay, so let's go for the first part. So how do exactly. I know when it's right and not right? So me yes. morally, a lot of things come into play like i know that i wouldn't want to treat someone the way that i know i've been mistreated by someone else like if i know that someone's underpaid me and they've been very terrible to me or they've been very rude to me right and i have the ability to hire someone for one of my own projects i want right. to make sure that stuff gets filtered out because i have the ability to to be a physical filter and take all of those things that i can make sure i'm not like manners don't cost anything right they really don't so for me, knowing that I'm doing something right is knowing that I'm altering something that someone's done wrong to me. Right. You want to if evaluate I, it first. Yeah. 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 Like if, if someone if someone's if someone's done something wrong and I know that I can help fix it or I can physically help make a big change for them, then I know I'm doing something right. Work wise, if I know I'm doing something right, I think as long as the, the clients are coming in and as long as I'm keeping working, because then I know that someone likes what I do and they want to hire me for it, then I think for me, then I know that's the right path. Right. And when to pull away for the second part of that question, when to when to stop, you need to know when to pull away when, when people around you are telling you that the environment that you're in or the people you're with is toxic, but you choose to ignore them. You need to find something in yourself. If people around you love and care for you, and they know what's best for you, and you and yourself know that something's off, you need to reevaluate your situation and just either take a step back. Right. Or, in a sense, reevaluate. Think about right. where you wanted to go and how it's gone off topic and how you're in the situation where you're, you're con if you're in the situation where you're considering if everything is right or wrong, then you might be in the wrong consideration because you, you're already judging things yourself. So it might be time to pull away from that, that moment you're thinking about it. Right. That's true. But yeah. 
I'm not sure if it's the best accurate answer to that question, but like I said, everything that works for me doesn't always work for everyone else. Right. Uh, my part, yeah, I totally agree with you, but I think my part would also be about, uh, you know, it's not always uh, sometimes you need to judge the situation that am I into the right thing or not? Shall I stay yeah. or shall I not stay? Sometimes you might have to go through difficult times. And yeah. I think people need to think about long-term goals instead of, you know, having short-term goals. Yeah, I mean, with today's instant gratification, exactly. people feel that you need to have everything, have all of your shit sorted overnight. Like, everything needs to happen. You need to, oh, it's like, you want a business and all of a sudden you have an Instagram page. But that's not really a business. That's a show, a showcase of, of a business. Right. Like, <laughs> you need the marketing strategy and all of the things, these things take time. You need to make a business plan. You need to plan it out. You think about where you want to do, where you want to go and how you want to do it and how you execute it. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. That's true. And for people feeling that they can do these things overnight is because the, the time management's really off. That's true. Totally. But for uh, you, how would you say your perspective is to that? Uh, my perspective would be, you know, I sometimes even I have that feeling that, okay, do I stay or do I move on or am I even yeah. doing right or not? But sometimes I just evaluate my situation and yeah. based on that, I just evaluate that. Is it good for me for a long time or not? Mm. Let's say if I'm, to... yeah, let's say if I'm in a job and, you know, the environment is changing, yeah. uh, sometimes you have to, you have to evaluate the long-term things which you want to achieve. Yeah. For what you set out to obtain, you didn't obtain it. Right. Or is it thinking, is it even benefiting you or not? So yeah. there are a lot of lot of variables which come into the picture, I guess. I, I think the, the variables is too many, honestly. Yeah. There is too too many. That's true. So moving on to our next question. Sure. Which says uh, this is for you. Uh, it says, yeah. how do you build up experience and exposure? Ah. Uh, I think so everybody me, starts from zero. So Yeah. I mean, yeah. for me, everyone started on zero. You have nothing. You have absolutely nothing. Like right now, I have all these streams of streams of platforms of data where you can see like different work. Like I'm even working on ways that you can find new places to showcase your work. And like for today's day, you need to be so on it on thinking about how can I have my message or my work broadcasted and have as many people know about it as possible. Right. Like you want like Instagram pages as a standard, but then people also overlook things like Facebook. They think, okay, it's, it's like, it's finished now, but really business is thriving on Facebook. Like if you have Facebook business pages, things like that, things like LinkedIn business pages for me, like building up experience and exposure has to come through obviously creating content, right. but then exposure to your content. Like, it's all great going and shooting and doing all these kind of things. But if no one's seeing it, no one really cares and no one's going to do anything for you about it. Right. So for me, it's a slow process of going out, obtaining clients and shooting. And through obtaining clients, that could be a process of sending random DMs to people that you want to work with and say, look, I really like your stuff. I want to work. Then you meet up, you shoot, you build a relationship. Then you go from there. Right. Create more content. Do the same again. This time, say, chuck some money in there. You say, okay, this is how much I shoot for. Now, once you've got content behind you, people, you can easily justify saying, this is how much I charge for it, because people can see what you've done and how you've done it, and they can justify paying for it. You can't ask someone for money if you don't have like a full background of portfolio. Right. 
And I think that's where a lot of new people to the industry think, well, they they jump the gun quite a bit. They have not a big portfolio behind them, but they want to start generating. They've right. got no proof of content. They've got no proof of working different people, different diversities. But that's also very hard to say because in like also against them and in their defense, it's very hard to, in a sense, trust people. Because when you go and shoot with these people, it's all built on trust. Right. And right now it's like, <laughs> especially in the UK, it's it's very shaky times in terms of trust building because like, before I'd always used to take someone with me to my photo shoots. So always right. have someone there. And I think you, basically, you, basically yeah. you have to you have to give, give, give before you even ask. Yeah. You you have I have to know I have to know that I have to be able to give so much before I'll be ever in a situation to ask for something back. And exactly. I, I'm I'm com- I'm com- I'm com- entirely comfortable in that situation of giving before I know that I can take something back in a work relationship. Right. But I think a lot of people aren't, and they're after instant. Like I want it now. Like okay, I've got my camera. Cool. When am I going to start charging people? Like huh, exactly. what, what is what is yeah? It's the mindset of knowing that you have to go out there, create a portfolio, build something up, showcase it, then ask for what you want. Right. That kind of stuff has gone out the window. People just right, and it has to be it. very clear that you ask. Like you should not yeah. expect anything. Yeah. Before we Ex- start. That's it. a very very good point. Expectations are zero. Right. I know that if I'm going to do something, I chose to do it. My expectations for it to go anywhere is zero. But if I if I am consistent at building that, and then right. I'm in a situation where I say, I'm not going to do anything more for free because I've done all of that stuff. Right. I have to be 100% sure of that, that I've done enough to, to ask, to leverage, you know? It's all about leverage, in a sense, in the creative world. You have something, someone wants something from you, you can showcase that you've done it before, and then it happens. Hundred percent. Content is king, but yeah. Right. Our next question is: How do you deal with a client when they want you to shoot for free? Ah, it's a very common occurrence, and um, people do need... ask for a free. Shoot? Oh, all the time, all the time. I got two DMs yesterday, and wow. it was so rudely how people ask. Like they, they just, they're just like, "Oh, I love your work. Let's shoot." And then, okay. I'm all cool with that if it's some of my friends. Like, I've built a good relationship with loads of different models around the world. And if it's friends and different things, that's a different situation. But if someone that you haven't met before asks right. you to do something, it's almost like today's world of sending a DM. People think you're obliged to respond. Right. And, like, they don't even say things nicely when they ask for things for free from me. They're like, oh, okay, I'm here, tom- I'm here tomorrow. Let's do something. It's not like they give a shit about me. They're just saying we're there free and what I, they want me to run to them to do X, Y, and Z and shoot them. Like the people's attitude of asking for things for free from me plays a big part. Like sometimes if it's a very big person and I know that I want to leverage something work-wise out of them, I might actually go do it. But right. people's standards of asking things for free from me, it's just manners have gone out the window. Like I had, I won't disclose any names, but there was a very big influencer that messaged me yesterday and they were like oh i'm in london tomorrow let's let's go shoot and they might have like certain amount of hundreds of thousands of followers but they then i realized they sent that message generically to all of my photographer friends like the same message like it's not hello kieran how are you like it's just i love your photography work let's go shoot they send out this what they do is they they throw a fishing fishing line out of to the photographer see who's going to snag 
some of them say, oh, yeah, I'll go and do it. And I say, look, I charge to do it. But the, the audacity of people in this mindset of thinking they can make another human being go and run and jump and do things for them for free is it's crazy. Like, it's almost people feel that they're self-obliged. If they send a DM, you have to respond. You, you don't have to respond. And right. people have mistreated me in the worst kind of ways to get to get free things. Like I've used to get invited to all of the parties in the hope that my friends think that I'd bring my camera with me. Right. <laughs> Crazy things like that, you know, like people like get invited to everything because they think, oh, look, hopefully Kira will bring his camera or get some nice pictures of us or they'll just misword things and they'll think I'll turn up. Like, right. So how, how do you deal with those DMs? So dealing with them, I have a very cool mind. Like I understand, like you have to understand what the person wants literally right. by minimalistic. Like if they don't have any manners at all, then you understand that they're after something for free. Or if they ask you like an odd, hey, hello, right. you, you gauge the situation. And dealing with that, I don't get annoyed by these things. When I started out, I used to talk to my parents about, I was like, look, these people try and make me do this for free. They try and make me do that. They're like, oh, do this and you'll get this exposure and we'll give you this. That kind of stuff, I've been and done like getting upset about all of these things because right. in this quite maybe, maybe it was industry. cool when you were just starting in the yeah, industry, but now out, you have I'd experience. Run. I right. would run to these kind of things because people would think, look, they're offering me an opportunity. Kieran, you got to take this. You got to go. You got to do it. But right. now, like the way I deal with them is very like, oh, they want to shoot. Here's the price. I have to very cool, calm and collected professional service is what I have to aim to deliver. And that's what I hope I do deliver to all of my clients. Right. But when someone's asking for something for free and there's literally nothing in it for myself, they don't say hi, hello. Dealing with that is, it's an ongoing task to answer that right. question. I get it. But for me, it's always staying cool and collected when dealing with people that want stuff for free because people, they'll try and aggravate you as well. They'll, they'll be rude to you. They're like, they'll say, all sorts of things like when it doesn't go their way and they'll just leave your message on like on on red and all sorts of things because when people try and attempt to get something from you for free and it doesn't work out it leaves it ruins a relationship because it leaves you looking like like essentially like they wanted something and you didn't get it but if they're friends i have loads of friends that do that and it's all cool because there's different alternate reality but when it's someone you don't know right and you're asking for so much then it's not really tolerable. True. Friends is different scenario. I have friends that message me for different circumstances, but when it's someone you don't know and they love this persona that they're someone big because right. they have a certain amount of followers, then like, I don't really, don't really care for these kind of things. True. So our next question is, which photographer do you admire the most and why? Ah, hmm. It's probably, there's one of these um, photographers out in the US. It's called uh, Instinctive. Okay. Instinctive shot. I don't know. What, I have to double what type of photography are they into? So he is um, a portrait photographer from Texas. And I just, honestly, I love his work. I get inspired so much by it. Okay. There's him. And there's another one called Bryant. He's a, another portrait photographer. And his, he works commercially like with all singers in the US and everyone in the media industry knows him like he's he was like one of the first verified photographers that i've ever seen actually as well because right. he shoots with so many people he has his own agent and like his imagery him oh and one more brandon wofo like oh the 
imagery that that guy creates is amazing. Like, these are three people that both sh- all shoot portrait. Right. And the last one, it's not really a photographer, but it's more a hub, is National Geographic. So when I got wow. Instagram, mm-hmm. I I would always go on the central line. I'll try and get a seat if I can or stand. And I would go and sit, sit or stand and I would open Instagram only for one thing, one right. thing only, to go to the National Geographic Instagram page. Man, I, I love that page. Like it's, it's literally just either scenic landscapes or it's animals. I, I love it. I love it because I've always been, as a child, I always love watching documentaries and right. wildlife, landscape, like anything to do like space because they have all sorts of stuff on there. Like Nat Geo Wild and National Geographic, they have all sorts of things between those two National Geographic hubs, like, I always get inspired by, by nature and surroundings. Right. And, yeah, those other three photographers, I just always aspired to be one day as good as those guys as in their photography-taking skills. I'm not right. 100% if I said one of them. I think it was Instinctive Shot. Instinctive Shot. I'm sure we'll, we'll find a way to attach them, like, when we put this out in somewhere. Right. But I think what uh, there's something common between all those people you mentioned is, yeah. thing, is, the, is the thing that I think they're not doing it for the sake of money. They have a lot of no. money. They're just doing it for no. the passion they have for the photography. Yeah. yeah, a lot. I mean, to be honest, all, all of those guys do make money from it. But right. from the way I see, they, they're always out there. They're always working with people. They really, really love what they do. And for me, like, I love what I do. And delivering content that like makes people happy is a big thing for me. But knowing that that I can also take a step back and be inspired by someone else's work and not feel like envious or bad thoughts, I can feel like really positive about it. Exactly. For me, that's a great thing. Like most people are like, oh shit, what are they doing over there? Like who's who's he working with? Like what's going on? How am I not doing this? Like they question <laughs> yes. themselves. And I'm 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 just like, wow, this is great. Just another thing to get inspired by. Like for me it's right. There's no envy when I look at someone else's work. There's only inspiration. Right. Because it's coming out out of true passion. Yeah, it's true passion. Like, I'm so happy if some one of my friends lands a client, like a big, big client. I think that's the best thing. I feel so happy as if it was one of my own. Right. It's like some of my photographer friends, you know, the struggles are real. Like, when I see things that inspire me, it definitely motivates me. Right. So, our next question is... uh... From someone who says that, how do people treat me when they think I'll shoot for free? Um, I think to summarize that one from the previous question, how does someone think? How does someone think they'll treat? Often they usually treat you bad. To summarize that whole question, they usually just treat you bad, bad or rude. Yeah, because they are not paying you anything. Of course, of course, they will always try and miss you or trick you in a sense but that comes from you and yourself of knowing you have to be alert to these things like in a sense everyone deserves to get hurt at least once so they know what it feels like so that they know what to do to stop it from happening again right and i think it's it's not the not the complete 100 percent of the industry but there are a lot of uh, people who are genuine who are authentic but they are not in a position to pay the person yeah, there, there is, there is that, that kind of person as well. And I would say the approach of how they word and put across what they want to do is a big thing. Right. 
like sending that DM, like I said, the the person sent before, like, hey, I'm in London, let's shoot, like, oh, I'm here at these times in that location, that's very selfish, because they say where they're free and what they're doing, they don't even care who, you're, who you are and what your name is and what you've got to, going on, they're just trying to find out if you can run over there. Right. And to summarize that question, I think you just have to be more alert right. to what, you have to be more alert to what people want. You adapt your feelings accordingly. Because after you've been burnt, then you know you've been burnt. You know how to stop it from happening again. True. So our last question for this episode. Oh, big finale. Is, <laughs> yes. So it's, uh, you are exposed to a lot of cloud chasers. And you understand yeah. everybody is chasing validity. So what's your opinion yeah. on this? Yeah. So, I mean, I've worked for extremely, extremely rich people that have taken me all around the world for them. Right. And to think in a sense that you have two perspectives for this. It's like you're either sharing their story to inspire or they're sharing it to gain validity. Like validity in itself is a very sad thing that you have to seek it from someone else. Like we're all guilty of it. Like you're guilty. I'm guilty. We all post things and we're all seeking this one thing that's going to make us mentally feel like, oh, I'm accepted if I do this and I share it, then more people will like me and more people will say they'll, they'll justify your journey. Right. I think, I think validity is something that you should only be able to verify yourself and your actions. Don't seek them from someone else. Right. Right now, it's a very terrible, toxic environment. Like I went to a barbecue the other weekend and I was speaking with um, one of my aunties and she was saying, look, look I want to keep my kids away from all of these different different things that are going on because then the kids will think that they have to be like a certain way. They'll have to have certain makeups and iPhones and look a certain way and be a certain way. Right. The validity is almost in a sense of influencing. It's all the same thing. People think that you have to be certain ways, just have to be true to yourself. Right. You can't let you, someone's the, voice. Yeah, your, inst your intention has to be really true. Yeah. And your you need to provide to value true. to the other person as well. Yeah. Of course, like there is always going to be someone shouting in your ear telling you to do this and do that. But if you can't find your own voice, personally, I yeah. feel like you need to take a step back from all of these things because you find validity in yourself. There's always going to be something like validity is there and it helps rich people feel better for themselves. Like they know that they're rich and they have these things to flex on people that don't have these things. That's always going to be the case. That's not going to go away. Like right. Rolexes and Ferraris have always been around, but now you see them more, you think, oh, okay, now I want them more. Right. But the case is they've always been there. They've just not had an ability to to be in your mind as much. You don't have to you don't have to have these things to feel valid. You don't have to have any of these things. True. You just have to be stick like true to yourself, you know? Right. So Kiran, anything you'd like to say to our audience who's um, listening to us right now? For me, this is this is very, very, very lovely situation that you've created for, for me here, bro, honestly, because I've never had a chance to voice some of my opinions. I have so many people all the time that message me on my personal account, Kieran's Adventure, my professional account, Kieran right. Visuals, like, oh, like, what's your story? Like, some people wanted me to do vlogs, and they were like, you should do, like, mini vlog, you should do, like, Q&A, because I just post content, and there's no big story behind it. There's no, like, I just haven't told like my, so I haven't voiced my opinion. And I think for you giving me this platform to share my thoughts and opinions, I'm very grateful entirely and honestly. Like, right. I'm very and, grateful. And I totally you. appreciate your time for this. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I because know we want to spread the in, values. 
we we want to spread the hard times the harsh realities we are going through to people so that they can actually incorporate that in their lives they, because a lot of my people you know who are listening to us right now yeah. they will be definitely learning a lot from this 100% i mean from my situation isn't something that works for everyone else it's just voicing my voicing my personal opinion of what i think of the current state right i think that if i can answer more questions or help more people in any way shape or form then i've definitely done a duty to help someone get where they want to go right but at the same sense i'm not at where i want to be but i can only help you from my situation of where i'm at you know right it's 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 helpful but it's not it's not the correct answer it's just a guideline it's like right. a rough opinion of what we think right. and i'm very truly grateful to you bro for for having me on here for letting me voice your opinion all these people that might have uh Stay to the very end. Thank you so much. You're most um, welcome, dude. Thank you to everyone as well. Thank you to you, bro, for uh, having me on. Right. Definitely hope we could do this again soon. Definitely. I totally appreciate your time as well for this. Of course. And guys, do check out his Instagram page, uh, which is Adoretkiran Visuals. Uh, he Thank has you so much. awesome work out there. So you guys should check it out. It's definitely something you'd want to see. And. Yes, uh, I think we are done with this episode and we'll see you next week with another episode and another guest. Thank you so much. Take care.